Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We are here to move you forward in the call of God for your life, your career, and your ministry through prophetic insight, practical teaching, and powerful conversations with influential leaders. Never throw away your confidence. It is time to move forward. Well, today's the day for healing. Did you know that Jesus heals today? I believe that, and so does my special guest. Welcome to Move Forward, Dr. Kim Moss. I am so glad you're here. You can see that we're in Studio B, which means that I have a very special guest to share with you today. I have with me Dr. Randy Clark. Dr. Randy and I have been friends for several years now, and I have been with him all over the world, and we have seen miracles. Dr. Randy is such a special friend of mine. Now listen, he's the overseer of Global Awakening and he's of and of the Apostolic Network of Global Awakening. He is best known for helping spark the move of God now affectionately known as the Toronto Blessing. In the years since, his influence has grown as an international speaker. Noted primarily for revival, healing and impartation, Randy's message is simple. God wants to use you. Randy has the unique ability to minister to many denominations and apostolic networks. Randy has traveled to 50 countries and he continues to travel extensively to see that God's mandate on his life is fulfilled. Randy received his MDiv from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and his DMIN from United Theological Seminary. He created Master of Divinity courses at United Theological Seminary and Global Awakening Theological Seminary in conjunction with Family of Faith College. In addition, Dr. Clark has authored and helped compile over 40 books. You can see some of them behind him when he comes on the screen, and as well as numerous training manuals and workbooks. He created the Global Certification Program and published multiple curriculum sets regarding healing. Randy has been featured in Charisma Magazine, as well as TV programs, including Sid Roth's It's Supernatural and The 700 Club. Randy and his wife, Deanne, reside in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. They have four children, all of whom are married, and eight grandchildren, and I believe there's more on the way. For more information about Randy Clark, his ministry, and his resource materials, please visit www.globalawakening.com. Dr. Randy, I am so excited to have you on my program today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Move Forward. Thank you, Kim. I'm excited, always excited to be with you. You are a delight. Uh, you were in our initial group of the Randy Clark Scholars at the Methodist Seminary. That uh, was a miracle. It switched from being very liberal to wanting to be known for re renewal now as a result of our, our 18 students in our cohort uh, group. I need to update that uh, uh, resume. I, I am 10th grandchild on the way. And uh, 56 nations now I've been to. So oh. other than that, it's all accurate. <laughs> other than that, it's all accurate. Well, well, I'm so glad you're here. And we're going to get right into our program because I know that our time is limited. And um, so I'm so excited to have you for this week and next week as well. But I want to talk to you about healing because... Randy, you are the one who <clears throat> first took me to Brazil, which is one of my favorite nations on the earth. And we see so many miracles there, but you've been doing this for many, many years. Can you tell us how did this ministry of healing begin for you? It actually began, began with my own healing at 18 years old. As a result of that, I went into the ministry. I pursued healing 
prayed for healing, believed in healing, and in the first 14 years may have seen five. Uh, then we had um, a team from the Anaheim or Yorba Linda Vineyard come out and led by Blaine Cook and all heaven broke loose in my church. And in four days, we saw 50 healings, including my wife, both emotional and physical healing and uh, many pastors. And as a result of that, an impartation I received from Blaine prayed uh, from the Lord. Uh, I began to see people experience impartation and healing and began to have words of knowledge very frequently as a, a result of that in March of 84. And I had started ministry of, in, in 1970. So that's how it got started. Um, but we, and we, we saw people healed on a pretty regular basis. Um, and then we went from when Toronto happened, we began to, in, the, in the second year of Toronto in Jan, one year after Toronto happened, I was doing another meeting in Florida that went eight months, six nights a week. And uh, as in the first two weeks of that meeting and uh, a following week in Charlotte, three weeks in the month of January, I saw more healings than I had seen the first 25, that was the 25th year being in ministry, the first preceding 24 years in one <laughs> month. And then, and then that began to happen where we were seeing like 3% of the numbers of healings to the ratio of the numbers of people. Um, and then I went in, a, I forgot what year it was, but I went to Reading to see Bill Johnson for the first time. Something happened in that meeting. The Lord spoke to me in a, in a strong impression. I followed it and God backed up what I thought he said he said. And we saw um, usually would, we would have seen 15 healings at that point in the service before the laying on of hands at the end. And instead, we ended up with 137 healings at that point, which was many more times what we would have seen. Now, Kim, after that, we never saw healing go down to 3% of the crowd again wow. in a meeting. It was now at least 10%. And then right before COVID hit, for about six months, we were seeing like, if you had 1,000 people, we would see uh, at least 200 healings. Uh, so like 20%. Um, and that's pretty much where it's been at now. So we have, we've seen stages and we've had breakthroughs. That's amazing. I can remember one time when we were in Brazil and I was sitting in the front, I was sitting on the very front row and there were probably a few thousand in the, in the church at that time. And you were, you were preaching on healing and you were, you were telling us some stories about some amazing healings. And a woman ran up to the stage with a tissue. I have pictures of this with a tissue in her hand. Do you remember? And she opened up the tissue and there were these like three, four, five black rocks in it. And she started to tell you that while you were, while you were preaching the message, her kidney stones, she felt something fall out. She ran to the bathroom and there were these huge kidney stones that had come out of her. And there's no way I was a nurse for many years before I became a heal, a, a minister like you. And, and there's no way that that size of a kidney stone could pass from someone's body except miraculously. And that 
that blew my mind. I have to say it blew my mind, but we have seen many miracles, people with metal bars in their back that couldn't bend suddenly can bend over and touch their toes. We've seen, I know you tell a story often about a tumor that fell out right on the platform and um, many other miracles. And, and even those, those people who suffer for chronic pain, when we've prayed for them and the pain goes away, that's a miracle for them because suffering with chronic pain is tiring and it's discouraging and it's very difficult. But Randy, there must've been, there must've been some discouragements on the way. How how do you handle discouragements when you are in the healing ministry? Well, I try to remember the successes is one. Um, I have my assistant when we, you know what we do. We have a healing meeting and we only have a few of the people come up because of time restrictions and give testimony and we video those. And so that's a small percentage, but we, when I get back, my assistant types those up and I have, it's almost 500 pages now, single space um, testimonies of healing. And I'll go back and just start reading because I can't remember them all. And by the time I read 50 pages, 20 pages, my faith is high again. So that's one of the things I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I uh, I try to remember some of the most recent healings, and I share those stories. I have videos that you know we show that helps build faith in me and in uh, the people that are watching. Um, I one of the one year I felt like the Lord told me to take my um, new my Bible. And, and with a blue uh, uh, pencil, shade in all the healing sections that dealt with the whole healing story, and in in the four gospels, and just that all, and, and and just keep reading those over and over and over, paying attention to what was happening and everything, and 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 so I've done that in the past, and I, and then I love to get around my friends who. And, and one of the first things I'll say is tell me the most exciting story of healing you've seen lately. And we mutually encourage one another. So those are some of the things that I've done. Oh, I think that's, a, I think that's really important. And we know that, that um, even though we pray for so many people, um, not everyone gets healed. So how do we have faith for healing, Randy? What are the, what are the main things that we need to to understand so that we can uh, not only be healed, but also lay hands on people and see them healed. Well, I think one of the most important things, honestly, is to have an understanding of the ways of God and how the gifts of the spirit work together Mm -hmm. to build faith. I don't know if you were with me, Kim, when we'd gone to that four square church that was uh, in Belém, uh, they'd been fasting for 40 days and we were, we were there the night that it ended. Uh, they had been in preparation for our meeting. It was electric. You could feel the faith in the room. And, um, I, th- I think we had 42% healings to the number of people there. <laughs> and I, I think it's around 1800 healings or something like that. I forgot, but anyway, but the next night we went to a place where there's absolutely no faith. And I, again, I don't know if you were with me on that, but there's another four square church It's really different. And, and uh, so we went from like uh, 2,500 in the inside and 500 on the outside uh, to uh, we got there's about 30 people. And my team was bigger than that. 
we came out about an hour into the service. Worship was over. They kept us back in the green room because it's such a small crowd. <laughs> and they had about 500. And you could feel the unbelief in the room. Uh, mm. I, don't, I don't know if you were on that particular. But anyway, meeting. I felt like I was so discouraged, but I felt like God gave me faith. And I remember I got up and said, if I had to, if my faith was based upon the amount of faith I feel in this room tonight, I would have no faith that God was going to heal anybody. Mm. But my faith is not based upon your faith, but my faith is based upon God's faithfulness. And I believe he's going to do something in this meeting to create faith in you. And, and then I began to explain how things work together. And I was explaining about words of knowledge and I was explaining about, uh, we'd been in another four square church in Northern Brazil when Marcus uh, Dagert was my associate, my intern. And he, he had, was giving a word of knowledge, a visual word of knowledge that he saw that was about uh, a red helmet of a black face shield and, you know, white scratches on the top and a woman on the platform, a pastor, pastora. Uh, she starts weeping. It was her. And she had been in pain for 15 years, been prayed for many, many, many times, probably hundreds of times. Uh, <laughs> she had never been healed. And but but she was wearing a red helmet of a black face shield when she was hurt, thrown from it. Her helmet actually was scratched like that. She knew that was her. As she approached Marcus, she gets healed without anybody praying for or touching her <laughs> just by the word. So I told that story. <laughs> And uh, to, to help the church understand how words of knowledge help to build faith to receive the gifts of healing. And I'm getting ready to start uh, reading the text to begin the message. But before I can, the door opens on my right, sliding door, and in walks a young man in his 30s. His girlfriend, they arrived on a motorcycle. She's carrying in her left hand a red helmet with a black face shield. Some people would say that's just an accident. <laughs> Not me. I, underneath <laughs> my breath, I said to the Lord, underneath my breath, I said, you've got to be kidding me. And I had instant faith. And I just told her, I said, when I got her attention, do you have anything wrong with you? She's young. She's in her thirties. She said, yes. I said, well, come here. God's about to heal you. Now, you know, Kim, you've been with me a lot. I don't do that unless yeah. God's done something to create the gift of faith. Right. So she yeah. came up as we're praying for her. She gets hot. She starts sweating. She's getting healed of several things. God starts giving more words of knowledge. We call them out and we don't pray for anybody. We just said, now try to do what you can't. We're going to get healed without <laughs> even having been prayed for. Yeah. And over the next 45 minutes, that happened over and over and over. Wow. So, and including the number of people who's going to be healed. I mean, they had that condition. So anyway, yeah. I get ready to start the message then. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you don't need to preach. I've preached your sermon for you. I've illustrated what you wanted to teach. There is faith here and just bring your team up and let them start ministering. And we had, I believe it was over 60% healing ratio and numbers of healings to the number of people uh, that were there. Both nights was very, very different, but but God actually did such an amazing thing. I couldn't go to sleep either night. I had to have a little help from Ambien. Uh, both <laughs> nights. I was just too excited. I had too much adrenaline in, in me and I don't usually take any ambient. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So, so what do I do? Brandy, I, I yeah. trust God to help me because I, I can't, I can't manufacture 
that kind of faith. Yes. You know, I, right. I, I, I tell him, Lord, if you don't show up, I'm going to look horrible. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because this, I know what I can do and it's nothing. And, and so it really is this dependent relationship. So we know, we know, and I've heard you teach many times the biblical basis for healing. We know that it is um, actually in the old covenant because God is healer and he revealed himself as healer. It's in the new covenant because Jesus is a healer and, um, and it's in the atonement. We would say it's in the atonement because by his stripes, we are healed. It's in the kingdom because Jesus would say, go, go into every town and heal and, and, uh, and then tell them that the kingdom has come near. So what, when we, when, since we know that it's in scripture, I would have thought that every church and every believer believes that healing is for today, but, but that's not what we find when we, when we go places, what are the hindrances, Randy, that you have found from the, for people having faith for healing? Are there, are there, are there certain hindrances that you have run into uh, yeah. most often? Yes, the, there are actually, um, I think it's right here. Him in, in this particular book, Bill Johnson, I wrote it. I wrote a chapter. It's called uh, The Essential Guide to Healing. I wrote a chapter on why are there unbelieving believers and believing unbelievers. And, uh, and I, I explained a lot of it was the, the view that the gifts of the Spirit ended that was taught throughout the Protestant church for 500 years, um, uh, pretty much until 18, around the 1800s and the beginning of the middle of the uh, 19th century. That, there was the faith cure movement led by Baptists and Presbyterians and uh, Reformed and um, and Methodist, um, and but that was pretty much forgotten by and and was rediscovered in the 20th century um, in the latter part of it with Dr. Paul um, Chapel's uh, dissertation. So, but anyway, there you got a 400 years where almost all Protestants didn't believe in healing. They just thought that was in the past. God doesn't do that anymore. Um, so that's part of it. The, the enlightenment, the anti-supernatural, David Hume and all the, you know, the guys said, you know, if there's anything that ever happened miraculously, the whole universe would fall apart. I'm, that's a paraphrase of kind of a condensation. And the rejection of the supernatural on the, on the other side. However, that's not near as big as what we think, you know, one theologian from Germany, uh, he said, if you, if you believe in the radio, you, you wouldn't believe in, in miracles today. And, but, and, and, and we try to, what they call demythologizing the scripture so that modern persons would, could believe. Um, but the problem with that whole view, which was, you know, particularly in the 20th century, was that the modern persons do believe the numbers of doctors who believe in healing and miracles that they've even seen them in response to prayer is high. The numbers of Christian, I mean, numbers of people in America that believe in the supernatural, that believe in the miraculous is high. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of like we create, we, the theologians created a problem that really wasn't a problem. I put it that way. And so you've had pastors if they were taught in the schools that didn't believe that healings for today, the very conservative schools, then you have other pastors, Protestant pastors, particularly who were taught in the majority of the seminaries and, 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 and universities uh, were taught in this liberal theology that doesn't believe 
miracles take place today. So you've got the majority of pastors that are trained uh, in, 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 in school who've been taught in unbelief. And then they have taught the people that. And that's why sometimes it's much easier to see people get saved out on the street who have never been to church than the people inside the church because they have been people often inside the church have been taught unbelief not to believe in miracles today. Yeah, that's, that's just one. <laughs> I've got another whole book on that. Um, yeah. Which, but it, it were half of the book anyway. Just here are the bad teachings and the bad practice, yeah. you know, like uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh. Uh, yes. It really wasn't physical illness. Uh, I, I, I remember, um, you know, I, we're, this is a book by, I have it on my desk, Michael Brown. Uh, he's, he's a PhD from New York University, uh, great scholar, Messianic uh, Jewish believer with a photographic memory. And But we're going to have him teaching at the Global Awakening Theological Seminary at the doctoral programs that we've started. And this next semester coming up, he's going to be dealing with Old Testament texts for renewal, which includes healing and miracles. And, and I started to mention this book while ago because you mentioned the old testament yeah covenant and new new covenant new testament in in his book israel's divine healer he talks about healing in the old covenant was a stream that became a flood in the new testament <laughs> that's great yeah that's really good and i know that um even even i was I came from the Pentecostal. Well, I've, I first was Southern Baptist, but then I became a Pentecostal and part of a movement that believed in healing, but I never saw healing in the church until really I met you and we went out and we intentionally laid hands on people for healing. And, um, and it wasn't until I heard uh, the biblical basis and then all the testimonies, those make a big difference. So we have about five minutes left of our program. Um, I was wondering if you would tell us your favorite healing story, if you have one, and then if you have any words of knowledge and uh, would you pray for people for healing? And, uh, and that's how I would like to uh, end this segment. Okay. Um, a few of my favorite healings were the, uh, the one of the most miraculous couple of people on my team. It wasn't me. We're praying for a guy who's optic nerve had never been connected to his back of his eye from birth. And the doctors had told him the only way you'll ever see it, it'd be a miracle. It's nothing we can do. And I remember that night in Brazil, they were praying for him. And Ed Hosha was one and uh, Steve Wilson was another that were praying for him. And he got his sight. It, it, it was such a big thing. His family sold their business and moved to that city so they could go to that church. Uh, so th that would be one. I remember I was in Odessa, Ukraine, and a mother was upset at me because her 14-year-old son was deaf in one ear and got his hearing. And, and, she, and she was upset because she said, you're not excited enough. I said, I've seen a lot of deaf ears open. And uh, she said, but have you ever seen a deaf ear open where there's no auditory nerve that had been confirmed by two uh, doctors that his auditory nerve had been destroyed? So it was a creative miracle for him uh, to be able to uh, to be able to hear. So that that's another. Uh, when the woman's tumor fell out of her body, you know, two of my vineyard pastor friends and their wives were praying for her, and it was the size of a grapefruit. Uh, just fell out of her body between her feet, 
uh, and and how she said that happened just blew my mind uh, as a major uh, healing. Uh, when less than a year ago, we prayed for a woman who couldn't lift her hands up past her waist because she had ALS. Uh, she now can carry her grandson. Uh, she gets carries her groceries. She did her hair the next morning after we prayed. Um, that was a major one. Plus another guy who I prayed for a woman who had uh, MS and in, in uh, California and a lot of other problems, severe problems. She's on a pain pump um, in a mm. wheelchair. She gets healed. And the night that she got healed of all of her problems, a guy two rows back, I found out uh, sometime later, he had ALS and he gets totally healed. Um, and we had another guy get healed of ALS in Kentucky about 20 years ago, um, maybe 25 years ago now, that was uh, totally healed. So the the ALS, the schizophrenia, we've had uh, people healed of schizophrenia, two persons in a different, both of them different ways. These are some of the major healings. These are what I call the giants that was mocking the armies of God because we weren't seeing schizophrenia or ALS get healed. Um, so we've, we've got some breakthroughs on that. MS, we've had breakthroughs. Parkinson's, creative miracle with Parkinson's where God regen regenerated the brain cells from advanced Parkinson's was one of the first creative miracles that I ever saw as a, for as a creative miracle. So those are some of the things that, you know, that I've seen I, off the top of my that's, head. That's uh, amazing. So like we have, pray. yeah, yeah. let's pray because I mean, we have one minute. minute. One yeah, minute. we have one minute. Okay, for anybody that, any woman that's got psoriatic arthritis, I have a mm. gift of faith for this because God opened it up about a year ago or two years ago. And we saw 12 in a row get healed of psoriatic arthritis. Awesome. And also anyone who has severe pain, loss of range of motion from metal in their body, we've seen between five and 6,000 people get healed of that. These are the two things. They just have a gift of faith for it. So I want to pray for them. I, I, want, I want them to do, pay attention to their body and try to do what they can't. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for what you're about to do. I believe, Father, that you've orchestrated for people who need healing in these areas to be able to watch this right now so they're catching it in the right time. You're even in the reruns, if there are any, you arrange it for supernatural divine connections. Mm -hmm. So I speak to anyone, anyone with psoriatic arthritis, especially women with psoriatic arthritis, I, I break its power. I bless them in the authority of Jesus' name. I command that pain to leave in Jesus' name for the power of the kingdom of God to come upon them, go through their bodies, the joints to be healed in Jesus' name. God, we speak to anyone who has metal in their body, uh, Lord, that's that causing chronic pain or loss of function and range of motion. God, we speak. I don't know how you do this, but it just blows my mind when you do. So I bless them. I speak healing, command that uh, uh, whatever you need to do for that to happen, that they can move and not be in pain. We just speak that over them in Jesus' name. Glorify your son's name. Glorify the name of Jesus in these healings. Father, anyone else that's watching has been encouraged. I, I pray those that's feeling heat or energy come on their body right now or peace from God. I pray that they'll have faith quickened within to receive God's healing for them. And as they step out and now try to do something they can't do, the healing will manifest in Jesus' name. Thank you, Kim.
Thank Thanks. you, God. Oh, thank you, Randy, for being my guest today. That's it for today. We will see you again next week on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time for Move Forward with Dr. Kim Moss. Bless you. And remember, never throw away your confidence. Keep moving forward. Thank you for joining us for the Move Forward podcast. We would love for you to rate this podcast and share it with a friend. You can connect with Dr. Kim on social media. For those links and more, visit her website, kimmoss.com. Host Dr. Kim Moss leads Kim Moss Ministries and Women of Our Time. She is the author of Prophetic Community, The Way of the Kingdom, Facing Ziklag, and The Four Questions. You can find those books on Amazon. Remember, never throw away your confidence. It is time to move forward.